welcome in to Speaking Socks, episode number two, uh, presented by the Tipsy Tailgate. I'm Aiden L. Grobley. I'm Ben. And uh, we've got a bunch of topics to get into today. Um, some good stuff for you. Always talking Red Sox baseball, uh, just like we always do. And uh, first, we're going to start off with our shifts killing baseball. Ben, why don't you take over here? Uh, yeah, I, I think that um, there are a lot of issues uh, when it comes to the the quality of play that we've seen on the field in baseball the last couple of years. Definitely. I still love the game, but I can see why the casual fan doesn't. Um, and I think shifts are the number one reason uh, or number one element that's holding the game of baseball back. I think it's horrible for the game. It's ruining offense. And just a quick stat here. In 2011, in the 2011 season of the MLB, there were a total of 2,350 shifts uh, that season in the MLB. In 2021, this past season, there was over 65,000 shifts uh, in the MLB. And that's just, that's killing the game. There's no offense anymore. Uh, yeah. we also, you also hear the issue with the deadened balls. And another thing, the launch angle. Yeah, that's ruining uh, young players' swings. Definitely. It's ruining development, in my opinion, uh, and I think that those are just a few key issues that need to be addressed. But the number one being shifts. I think the shift blows. Um, I think it ruins the product. Um, and I honestly, people are saying, "Well, why aren't casual fans watching anymore?" To me, the shift is the number one reason. I hate the shift, and I think it's ruining the product that we see on on the screen. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the shift is something that's newer to baseball. Um, obviously, it's been a, it's been around for a while, but it hasn't been uh, this like used in yeah. in history. Uh, it's kind of crazy now. You'll see all the almost all the defenders on the um, from the diamond on the right side. Mm -hmm. Most cases, uh, sometimes you'll see multiple outfielders um, in like a gap. Yeah, and it, it, it's it really is interesting because it'll. It'll give you really good memes mm -hmm. where it's just like a wide shot of the field yeah. and there's like eight people on one side. Mm -hmm. You're just like, what's going on? But um, it's it's really, yeah, I, I think it's, I don't know how much it's killing the game, but I definitely think it's hurting their product. Um, I mean, you want to see hits, you want to see plays, and a nice classic old David Ortiz um nice line drive, maybe a little dribbler to the that little hole right past the second baseman and the first baseman in between the two. And that's just, I mean, how many hits has he gotten off that? When, when's the last time that you just saw a little gapper yeah, exactly. in extra innings win the game? I I, I mean, what? That used to there. happen five times oh, every yeah. week in the MLB. What happens oh, yeah. once every two weeks now? So, I, I you know, those, are the, those were the kind of hits that I used to love in baseball. Just little grimy hits, uh, squeak out runs, and... Another thing that's interesting, it's almost like the shift was the defensive response to Billy Bean's Moneyball outlook yeah. on baseball. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I, I love Billy Bean's outlook. I think that it, if anything, it helped baseball grow. Uh, it helps small markets compete. And I guess this is another way of doing that, but this uh, hinders the product that we see on, on the screen. Oh, 100%. I mean, I have a statistic here. Uh, MLB StatCast data from the Washington Post. It says in 2017, teams shifted 12.1% of the time, uh, which is a fairly a higher number than usual, yep. but fairly fairly low number in the spectrum of things. And then last year, this past season, the, that number rose to 34.1%. And an even crazier statistic, the Los Angeles Dodgers shifted 55% of the time last year. That's unbelievable. 55%. That's not real baseball. To me, that's, that's not real baseball. I mean, that's great. That's... That's an absurd number. I can't. I mean, 
from 12.1% in 2017 as the average team, and then 55% of the time, the, the Dodgers last year. I mean, and, and obviously the Dodgers are very a team, one of those teams that's always progressive with the game, and, yeah. and they, they follow the trends. But like, Also, another team that is loaded with talent. So now yes. you have one of the teams, I, I believe they have the third biggest or second biggest budget in the oh, MLB, sure. yeah. and they're just loaded with talent. Teams like that are adapting to this style of play. Yeah. It's not like it's just small market teams who need to do everything they can to compete with the big budgets. It's everyone. And I think it's just, I, I can't stand it. I think it's killing the game. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm on the same page as you. And I think, honestly, most baseball purists are probably on the same page as us. Um, I mean, how could you really be on board with it? It does bring uh, a little bit of an element of surprise, and you never know what's really going to happen because mm-hmm. maybe someone could bunt it down the left side. But you don't see those bunts anymore. Mm-hmm. You don't see the guys taking advantage. Game-changing plays. Exactly. There's nobody on the entire third base side, and... These players still won't bunt it down the, the third base side, and, and it shows you one willingness to adapt from the defensive side, yep. and willingness not to adapt from these older players, these veteran players, even the younger players. When you could free base it, you you could turn it into two bagger mm-hmm. from with with a sprint out of the box if you got the right bunt down. But it's just not how. And one thing play. I think that gets overlooked from the implement of the shift. Yeah. And then I I, I don't mind analytics in baseball. I'm more of a manalytics guy, okay. but I think you need both. Definitely. But uh, analytics on when it comes to the shift on the defensive side of the field has affected the way that teams are now playing offense. Now they're saying, oh, well, a strikeout with home runs is much more efficient than just singles and doubles and driving people in that yeah. way. Uh-huh. So to me, it's just people are just swinging from their ass. Yeah. They're just trying to put it over the wall. That's exactly what it's And if, the, if they're not, they're striking out. And to me, that's just not a good point. Well, that's the perfect example and the perfect segue to this. The game of baseball has been, this is a studied fact, that it's been on its increasingly, in increasingly way of becoming a three-true outcome game, which is that there's either a home run, a walk, or a strikeout. Mm-hmm. And you see strikeouts have are at record levels now and have been for a while now. Home runs are also at record levels. I'm sorry to cut you off. You see... Definitely. You see middle-of-the-pack pitchers reaching oh. the strikeout rate of a guy, a guy like Sandy Koufax, yeah. who's the best strikeout artist of all time. That just shouldn't I mean, be the case. I mean, there's... I forget whose video. It might have been Foolish Baseball, great YouTube channel. Um, but they show the statistics on all-time rec- uh, all-time strikeout records for, mm-hmm. for a hitter. And I'm pretty sure Stanton and Judge are both on pace to crush the record. Yeah. Crush it. Yep. And, I mean, like... If Judge is gonna, and it's not frowned yeah. upon at all in uh, today's, and, I mean, and they're two of the better players in the in the league. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Nobody really gives them any kickback for it either. Yeah. It's it's pretty wild. And and like I said, the three true outcome game. It's not only is it not baseball, not the baseball we're accustomed to seeing, but it also hurts viewership because you're either going up there and you're like, if this guy doesn't hit a home run, we have no shot. Yeah. And, and it used to be, what if he's going to lay down a bunt? He's going to steal second, and then there's going to be a pass ball. He's going to get to third, now a sack fly, and they get a run. And that's that's how baseball is played. That's how the that's how the Royals really made their, their way yeah. to be a World Series team. And it also, in a way, it limits your lineup to three guys Yeah. on, on many teams. You have three guys who can hit it out of the park, and if they're not on, you're not going to win. And to me, that's mm-hmm. just that's not how the game should be, should be played. That's not how any game should be played. The, the beauty of sports is that you don't know who's going to make the big play. You don't know who's going to step up. And to me, that element has been stripped out of baseball. Yeah, definitely. And and 
even on this Washington Post article again, um, in 2005, 27.3% of all major league uh, plate appearances ended up in a home run, a walk, or a strikeout. Um, since then, that rate has uh, risen to up to 36.1% last year. So How 36.1%, it's either one of those three. How not insane a, not is a bun, not, Nothing else. That's unbelievable. Um, yeah, so that, I mean, shifts are something that we're very passionate um, about and against. So uh, we're definitely going to be talking about this more on the show. I think it's the dumbest thing in sports. Yeah, definitely. Um, so let's shift to uh, uh, something else here. We've got the MLB's top 100 list was recently released. And um, a couple surprising things on there, uh, maybe even out- outside of the Red Sox. A uh, couple to point out. I mean, you've got players like um, Derek Jeter here at 28 and Albert Pulos at 30. I mean, that's that's criminal in my opinion, and I said that on the Tipsy Tailgate. Yeah. Uh, follow us on Instagram and TikTok for that content. Um, but that's just bad. I mean, Albert Pulos is one of the purest hitters in oh, yeah. all of baseball, Love Albert the Pulos. history. And this guy, I mean, Jeter, and nothing to take, not taking anything away from Jeter, but he's just, he's not better than Albert Pujols. He's not. And he's not. Also, I understand this is a podcast from two diehard Red Sox fans, yeah. and I don't want this to be viewed as Yankee hate. Yes. Because yeah. to be honest with you, do I hate the Yankees? Yes. Oh, of course. Do I respect <laughs> them? Of course. Yeah, you of have course to. I respect you the Yankees. To. And I, I love Derek Jeter. I think Derek Jeter is a fantastic player. Mm-hmm. He is wildly overrated. Yeah. Wildly overrated. I mean, even if you look at his defensive stats, he was... One of the he was a liability on that on that for most of the time, and mm-hmm. he's known for that that huge um, the the diving play and yeah, the, the flip the famous the famous uh, across body yep. throw from short. But like, I mean, he has the, he has all the moments, but he, he was never consistent. To me, it. Derek Jeter was a very 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 good player who was on who was drafted by a great franchise, yeah. was on great teams for a long, 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 long uh-huh. time. And so naturally, he won a lot of championships. He had a lot to do with why. He did. Certainly. He was he was probably one of the three to four biggest reasons on each of those runs that they won. Yeah. But was he the biggest? No. Yeah, and, and it's also another thing where his outside and, and off the field persona his aura his aura mm-hmm. helped helped his case for sure i agree um and even like like we said we're we respect the yankees we don't like the yankees but we respect them mm-hmm. i think uh mariano rivera at 31 i, I love mean, mario he, he should be a little bit better he's uh, way too better low 31 is way list. too low mariano yeah. rivera should be honestly inside the top 20 and what i mean by that is like 10 through 20 he should be in that range yeah. on this list um so now let's get into some of the red Sox on this list um, let's start up here and part, uh, sorry if we, we missed anyone. I, I don't believe we did, but Carlton Fisk at 87. Where do you, th- you think that's fairly ranked? Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. I think it's fair. He's, uh, one of the most iconic players I'd say sure. in MLB history. Yes, um, he was just, he was great. My, uh, I'm sure he's one of my dad's favorite players. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wish, I wish we, we were able to see him, uh, more. If you didn't know, we're, just we're a, a college student. Just so. a gritty player. Yeah, I mean, he's looking at some of his stats here. I mean, he he put up really solid years, and he did it for a long time. Twenty four yeah. years in the MLB. He played in the Red Sox, and then he went over to the White Sox. So he just loves Sox, and and, <laughs> and he, he's uh, I mean, he he's one of those guys where his stats won't blow you away. Right. But he was just so consistent for so many years, and the cornerstone of really the Red Sox and a fantastic defensive player. Oh, for sure. Um. So, so I, I'd say that's about a fairly ranked for for a little bit better of an understanding. He's right um, behind Roberto Alomar, 
uh, and then right ahead of Willie Stargell and Shoeless Joe Jackson. I'd Even, say he's probably and, right where he should. Yeah, and Pudge Rodriguez is at 90, so that's kind of a comparison mm-hmm. there. Um, pretty close to Pudge. Then uh, Manny Ramirez next up, 68. I mean, <laughs> Manny's one of those guys where he was just the most fun to watch. You just got to love Manny. Yeah, the I, most fun to watch. I don't think I've ever met a fan of sports, a fan of baseball, who dislikes Manny Ramirez. How could you? With with all the antics that came yeah. along with him. I think he's still playing. It was he, is like he a, still playing? I think he's in like a foreign league, a little international that, baseball. That guy is unreal. Yeah. Talk about a guy who played with passion, played um, with heart. He just loved the game. He just loved to have fun. Yes. Uh, no, nothing to dislike with Manny Ramirez. And he's where he's ranked. Um, he's right at 68. We've got Max Scherzer at 65. Cal Ripken Jr. at 66. Brooks Robinson at 67. Manny at 68. And then... Uh, Ozzy Smith at 69. Again, I would say this is a, this is a really good spot for Manny. Uh, yeah, I, I, like, I agree. I think that's fairly ranked. Um, I agree with that. Then um, next up on our list, there he is, David Ortiz, number sixty. The goat. Sixty-three here on uh, on this list. Uh, he's ranked one ahead of Eddie uh, Eddie Matthews, who which is a big uh, one of those bigger um, the arguments for. Uh, I believe he was what, he was the following DH, right? Yeah. He. They're they're like the the one and two DH guys mm-hmm. where they always battle it out. So they put him, they gave him the nod right ahead of him. He's uh, he's also right behind Mel Ott and uh, and two away from Carl Yastrzemski. But I mean David Ortiz, you can see it. We've got on our logo here. We've got his retired number. Uh, I mean he's just he's my favorite player of all. My time. My favorite player as well. Yes, love I, Poppy. I mean how could he not be? Just so many big moments. I mean just just five minutes ago we were downstairs watching his. Uh, oh yeah, his, his huge moments against oh, the Tigers. Yeah. 20, and, 2013 wow. ALCS game two. Uh, if you haven't seen it, bottom of the eighth, two outs. I believe he had two strikes in the count. I think so. Down five one, bases juiced, hits a bomb into the bullpen. Probably the single greatest hit in Red Sox history. And yeah. I know that there's been plenty. Uh-huh. There's been so many. But oh my yeah. God, what a moment! I mean, I I can't even imagine a time Fenway was louder. I mean, oh yeah, the stadium was probably bouncing. Maybe I'm in sure, 2004 yeah. when they won the first one after the curse. Yes, that, but, but this is right up oh there. Oh my with God, it. Um, what a moment! I was electric, and then even the way he went out. I mean, just being one of probably the best, one of the best MLB seasons for a, a player to retire following. Yeah, I mean, he was just electric. We talked about it last episode how he he was tearing up the league. Probably the best hitter in the league going up until the All Star break that year. Uh, and then he just retires, kind of like what Brady did. Yep. Um, so I, I, and I gotta say, do you think he's fairly ranked here? I think he's too low. I think, I so think too. Poppy is far too low. I think so too. Um, I don't think many players in the history of sports have meant as much as he does to his franchise. Yeah. Uh, I understand he's a DH, and that inherently makes him less valuable in a sense because uh-huh. he only does one thing. All he does is hit. But a guy like I believe he's better than Frank Thomas. I'm sorry. I think he's. A far better, not far better, but a better player than Frank Thomas. Frank Thomas is at forty nine for Fra- you guys listening. And I think, I think, I honestly, and Ichiro yeah. Suzuki, he he is not a better baseball player than David Ortiz. I'm sorry, he just isn't. I think David Ortiz should be in that forty range with around Frank Thomas, probably a little ahead of Frank Thomas. And I think Ichiro Suzuki should be way further back on this list. I'm not a big Suzuki yeah. fan. I, well, I think uh, another thing, if you're gonna give Derek Jeter the big moments and the persona nod and, and push him ahead on the give list. Give it to Poppy too. Then you gotta give it to Poppy too. You have to. I mean, like you're looking at guys um Wade Boggs at forty five and we'll get to him. But Clayton Kershaw's at fifty two. I, I think I think if David Ortiz, if you put him I'd say fifty three, right after Clayton Kershaw, 
I'd be okay with that. Well, I would also argue that Kershaw should be a little higher on this I would, list. Yes, and Kershaw should be higher. Uh, even even Miggy, honestly, 59. I mean, this triple A little crown too low here, for Miggy. Definitely low for, for Miggy. Aiden, um, ju- not to cut you off, no, sorry, but just to put this into perspective, three guys, obviously Yankees, Mariano Rivera at 31, I think he should be far higher. Yes, me too. Uh, Derek Jeter at 28. Okay, I, I can deal with that, honestly. Yeah. And then... Uh, where is A-Rod on this list? 26. 26, yeah. So, three guys who are at 31, 28, and 26. 2004 ALCS, all three of those guys on one team. They have a 3-0 lead on David Ortiz in the in the Boston Red Sox. Yep. Who single-handedly wins four straight games? Hey. David Ortiz. So how is he that much further back than yeah. those three guys? I mean, clutch, the clutch king. We talked about it last episode, like I just mentioned. But, I mean... Who who had bigger moments? I don't think you could really argue anyone in, in playoffs and in just overall just the the what he brought to the sport of baseball. It's and it's unmatched. Another thing is you're only one up once every nine attempts of of getting a hit. Yeah, and especially not being playing on the field too. And and he had that much impact. Like yeah. that's just amazing to me. I mean, just imagine him in a big game. Say it's ALCS, ALCS and. Say he say he goes 0 for 2 his first two plate appearances, maybe even 0 for 3, and he's coming up for his fourth place plate appearance, and it's the say bottom of the ninth. Yeah. And this guy has seen the field three times all game, struck out say two of the times, flew out once, whatever the, the situation may be, and he has to go out there and he has to put up the most clutch at bat of his career, and he did it time yeah. after time. Time after time. Yeah. And can you imagine what I mean? I know I play baseball. I'm sure. Did you? Play I, I played it? at some point. Yeah. yeah so I remember. If I ever had a bad inning out there, or a bad at-bat, maybe I struck out looking or something, or a bad call, whatever it was, I was able to go out there and catch and maybe make a play, maybe throw out a guy, maybe do a nice, make a nice block, something to, to bring my ego back he up. He had to sit there he had and to think sit there about on, it. And, and, and the biggest stage. Sometimes for hours. Innings can take hours. Oh, yeah. And, and another thing that speaks to Poppy's greatness, 2013 World Series, I know we're going to touch upon that team a little later, he was he. I believe he was batting eight for eleven heading into that game six at Fenway. That's just incredible. How do you go eight for eleven in a World Series? It's. I mean, it's unheard of. It really is. It's just he was he was something else, man. He really was. And I touched upon this last episode. The more I think about it, he really outside of Tom Brady, no athlete meant more to the city of Boston than David Ortiz, for, without a doubt. He's, At least in recent history, I it's mean, just it's incredible how great. What he was. yeah, what he did was something that probably won't ever be matched yeah. in Boston. Yeah. Um. At least for the Red Sox. Um. Next up on our list, uh, Carl Yastrzemski, like I mentioned, sixty-one, two spots ahead of David Ortiz, and Yastrzemski is one of those guys that's like you said with um, uh, Carlton Fisk. Yeah. I mean, he's one of those guys that's just most like. Iconic, iconic yeah. with with Boston, iconic with the Red Sox, and just on on one of those teams that was stuck in the curse. Yeah. Um, teams couldn't get over the hump for whatever reason. Just heartbreaking loss after heartbreaking loss, and you know it was never on him. Um, just a great player, and I mean you look at his 1967 season, uh, long before our time, but one wins the MVP. Okay, has 189 hits, leads the league. 112 runs, leads the league. 44 homers, leads the league, 121 RBIs, leads the league. Or, I'm sorry, he might not lead the league, his career high. Yeah. Um, And hits for a 326 average. I mean, he used 622 That's slugging. That's absolutely is, raking. 
I mean, 360 total bags. Like, th- that stuff that, like, that, that at that time at least, yeah. almost unheard of. That's Those are, like, Ken Griffey numbers. If, and, for and sure. And you don't see them at, at that time. Um, I mean, just a career of just pure statistics. 23 years, all of them with the Red Sox. I mean, that just makes him, like, even more, though his legend yeah. for Boston is yeah. so much more um, just from that alone. I mean... Um, if you want to touch on any more, I mean, looking at, she won, a, she won a triple crown. I believe it was that year he won the triple crown, uh, three batting titles an MVP. Obviously he's a really the only thing missing from his time with the Red Sox is a world series championship. Yeah. Uh huh. That's really I all mean, that's missing. He, he had 18 all-star, all-star appearances. I Longevity. Mean, just seven gold gloves. He did it all. Uh, unbelievable. one of the all time greats, especially from the Red Sox. Uh, next up on our list, Wade Boggs at 45. I mean, what do you think about that? You think he's fairly placed? Uh, probably, probably. Um, I could, I honestly, I think he could be a little higher. Yeah. A little bit. I don't want to sound biased. I, I might be right now. Honestly, 45 might be perfect. I would argue that David Ortiz should be higher than Wade Boggs. I don't know if that's. I think, I think that's a pop. I don't know if that's out of the realm of possibility. I don't know if anyone disagrees with I that. I think from the rankings, it seems like it's out of the possibility, but if you, all things um, included, I think it's. I don't know if possible. that's too much recency bias. It could be. David Ortiz, yeah. just he's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, looking back at some of Wade Boggs' years, um, I mean, he just hit for an average every year. I uh, he, he went, so he went on this stretch. So he has the nineteen eighty two season. Okay, mm-hmm. Play a little bit short of a season his rookie year, three hundred forty nine average. Okay, then he follows it up with a three hundred sixty one average. Which is just I mean having a three twenty eight batting average for your career is pretty insane. Three twenty five the next year, three sixty eight his career high nineteen eighty five, um, finished fourth in MVP that year, three fifty seven the following year three sixty three sixty three the next year three sixty six and then doesn't go below three hundred until nineteen ninety two still makes the All Star game. Okay. Yep. Then goes back, goes 302, 342, 324, 311, and then he fades away. And obviously he went to the Yankees. Hurts his hurts his uh his record for me at least for uh, a Sox yeah, player. Personally, but <laughs> he did snag um, a World Series. Yes. And he was an all-star that season, so we do have to he was a key contributor. Um uh-huh. you know what I might I might have to take back that David Ortiz statement. That a little recency bias, but, re- but I don't. It's care. okay. I don't yeah, care. I love Poppy. <laughs> we'll, we'll allow it. Um, eight silver sluggers, five batting titles, the nineteen ninety six World Series, um, two Gold Gloves, Hall of Famer, twelve time All Star, Wade Boggs, nickname the Chicken Man. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know if they call him that. Um, now next up on our list, Pedro, at eleven. So we have a, we have a strong take on this. I mean, we think he should be. Pedro at least a, in the top ten. At oh, least. I agree. Maybe even early. hundred percent. Closer up on this. Pedro list. Martinez had a five-year run in the MLB where he was the best player, bar none. It wasn't even close. And he was pitching in the steroid era against the at, best hitting in the history. How tall is Pedro? Do we know how tall? I'm gonna look know. it up yeah, right look now. Look it up. <laughs> I mean, just Pedro just, was not a big man. Yeah, just taking looks at I me. Mean, Walter Johnson, yes, storied okay. career. Pedro is lift is listed at five eleven. I. I think that's a lie. I don't think Pedro's 5'11". I wouldn't be surpri- surprised if Pedro's like 5'9", yeah. to be completely honest. But put him on the mound, and he seems like he's 6'6", Randy Johnson. Just just some of some of the best pitches ever. If, if you haven't seen Pedro, 
Just look him up on YouTube right now. Yeah, you have to. Oh, my God. If you haven't seen his 1998 All-Star performance, yeah. that is just... And the thing, people bring that up, and then some people try to discount it saying it's an All-Star game. All-Star games then in the MLB, they meant a lot. They meant a lot. And yeah. he just went out there, and he carved those guys up like they were nothing. Yep. Um, and another thing I want to mention, if you look at this list, he's at 11, like we said, um, right ahead of him, stand, stand the man usual. I agree with that. Um, I agree with his placement placement. I mean, Walter Johnson at nine. Yeah. I understand he, he pitched for forever and this was a long time ago, but if you're comparing errors here, Pedro has to be ahead of Walter Johnson. He does. And Pedro was absolutely robbed of MVP in 19, uh, was it 99, I believe? Yeah, 99. Yeah. He was absolutely robbed. No one was more deserving of MVP that year than Pedro Martinez. But outside of that, three-time Cy Young winner, yeah. eight-time All-Star, and was a part of the team that broke the curse of the Bambino in 2004. Yeah. Sure, he he wasn't at his peak then, but he was still very, 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 very good. Uh-huh. Still and, very good. And we both agree that he should be higher up on this I think list. Pedro, I think seven or eight would be a fair ranking for Pedro Martinez yeah. on this list. I'd even be comfortable slotting him at nine, at least getting him in the top ten, at least. Um, then, next up, we have our final one on the list, Ted Williams at five. I mean, Ted, it, like you can't say enough about this yeah. guy. There's, I, I think there's a legitimate argument that he might be the greatest player of all time. There's, there is. I think there's a legitimate there argument there. There is. I mean, because you're looking at his... He went three years for military uh, service. In the peak of his... Yeah. The peak of... Peak he was of his prime. 24, 25, 26. All he, he was away from baseball. Mm-hmm. Comes back. <laughs> comes back and finishes and wins the MVP his yeah. first year back. Then he goes second in MVP the next year. Third. Then he wins it again. Can you? Be- I mean, that's outrageous. He, Nineteen-time All-Star, two-time MVP. Oh, just. I mean, absolutely absurd. His 162-game average, um, just purely off of average, what throughout his career, he would average 130 RBIs and a 344 average. That's just that's insane. Over a 19-year career, minus three years in his prime. I mean, I think you give the, if he doesn't doesn't go away for military service, I think he he has, might be the greatest I think player he of has all time. This, yeah, I think he has all the accolades to be, and I mean, he won two triple crowns. Like that's, you don't see it. Nineteen All Stars, Hall of Famer. I mean, Ted, and, and he's ranked here at five for um, Ty Cobb's at four, Hank Aaron's three, Willie Mays two, and Babe Ruth is one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ted Williams is just ahead of Lou Gehrig at six, Mickey Mantle at seven, and then Barry Bonds at eight. So I, I think Ted, personally, I think. I think they, I think they rated Willie Mays maybe a little too high. Maybe a little too high. I, I probably, high. if I had to make the list, I would have went Babe one. Probably would have went Ted Williams two, Hank Aaron three, Willie four, Ty at five. Do you put Mike Trout anywhere in that conversation? Um, in the top five combo? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't do it yet. I think he needs, and I know it's more of like an NBA take to say this. Yep. I think he needs to prove something in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and I know it's. I, I know he signed, um, signed the monster deal, but I really, I think if they can't, if the Angels can't figure it out with him, with now Shohei, maybe one of the the greatest talents in, in all of baseball history already, mm-hmm. um, if they can't figure it out over the next 
five years with him. Yeah. I think before he completely falls off as he's a player. He's got to get out of there. He's got to get out. Yeah, yeah. And I know he, sounds like he signed a huge contract and he's locked in there, but you got to force your way out. You got to just make it. I mean, you have to show that you could win one. And it would be such a disservice to him in a, in a, an era where sports players can move around so yep. easily for a guy like Mike Trout not to have a World Series. I agree. One more issue, non-Red Sox related, that I have with this list. How is Pete Rose at 34? Yeah, that's terrible. That's horrible. That's just purely spite. Yeah, it, it really spite. is. It really right is. It is. If you don't know, I'm sure anyone who's listening to this does, because I, I assume you're a diehard baseball fan. Pete Rose uh, in trouble, got in trouble and banned from baseball for betting on his own team. I'm not justifying his actions at all, but just keep in mind, he wasn't betting against the Reds. He's betting for them. Yeah, and the one the one thing that I'll say to that is, and I, I never really thought of it this way, but I guess if, if you do, it it's kind of makes a little bit more sense. Um, and, and like I said, never thought of it like this until I heard of this, but it is kind of sketchy because he would bet he would bet for his team, but then the days that he wouldn't bet for his team, then people would be like, he's not betting against them, but in a way, he's sort of betting against them. Because you pick a day not to bet on them, everyone's like... Oh. Well, I also... The guy doesn't have all the money in the world. Exactly, yeah. So he can't... He's got to he, get some bread. He can't just be throwing it away. And at the same time, like... I remember hearing a quote from him once. He was just like, sometimes you just need a little extra juice to get you going. Which, I don't know. Over a long season... Yeah. I'm not justifying I mean, his actions he, at all. He played for so long, I am too. not justifying his actions He played for so long. All. He did so much. And then he goes as a manager. It, it was It was a horrible thing that he did. Yeah. A horrible thing. Agreed. But should he be banned from baseball? No. I don't think so. And it's not, It's not. and obviously, if we're talking about the Hall of Fame, it's not the Hall of Fame of good people. It's if it not. is, Ty Cobb's not in there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had so much alleged um, in his time. But, um, but he, it's, we'll, we'll get into a Hall of yeah. Fame episode probably in the coming yep. coming weeks. We touched upon it a little bit last time, yeah. but we, we, we will have a full episode dedicated to the Hall for of Fame. For sure, yeah. Um, and then lastly, for this episode, we're going to go our favorite Red Sox team um, of all time, the, our opinions. I'll, I'll take the lead here. This 2013 Red Sox team, I mean, that might have been the peak of my life. <laughs> I, I love that team. That was, I mean, I let, me read that you, let me read you some names here. And let me, if they ring a bell. All right, ready? Craig Breslow. Beast. Yes. Actually, I hated him. <laughs> <laughs> Clay Buckholtz. Oh, he drove me nuts. He Felix Dufron. I mean, these are some guys that are ringing bells that are just mm-hmm. like, John Lackey, of course. Oh, John I love Lester. John, Lack- John John Lester yep. might be my favorite outside of Pedro, my favorite Red Sox pitcher of all time. Yeah. Everything he went through. Yeah. Everything he battled against. Uh-huh. And I was so happy for him so when he, fun to watch when he went well. to Chicago and got another ring. Yeah. I was so happy for him. Uh Andrew Andrew Miller. Oh yeah. I mean he leaves and he just tears it up. Shane Vic- here's another one. Shane Victorino. Shane Victorino. Love oh, yeah. Shane Victorino. I mean Jake Peavy. Jacoby Ellsbury. Oh, Junichi Tazawa. Koji. Koji. Come I on. love Koji. Koji. Like love Koji. Brandon Workman, Stephen Wright, the knuckleballer. Um you got guys on the offense like David Ross, mm-hmm. just all-time good guy. Mike Napoli. Um I mean Salty. Mike, Jared yep, Saltalamakia. Yep, Jared Saltalamakia. Mike Carp. I mean these Petey? are just uh, Dustin yes. Did we mention Ellsbury? Uh, yep, Ellsbury's there. You got um, Daniel Nava, who oh had a couple God. big Daniel moments. Nava. Johnny Gomes had Johnny huge Gomes. moments. Like you said, Victorino. Love Johnny Gomes. I mean, that was just, that was probably the most fun and I've ever had Obviously, we have to mention Poppy. We, I know we thought it was assumed, yes, Poppy but gotta assumed. mention. I mean, Xander's, of course, in there. He was younger. Yeah. He was wearing number Playing 72. Third. No, wearing Playing number third 72 at the yeah. time, yeah. Um, 
Will Middlebrooks. I mean, that 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 team just holds a special place in my heart. I love that team. Uh, that's my pick. What, what about you, Ben? So, if you hadn't gone with them, I would have gone with them as well. Just talk about catching fire in a bottle at the right time. Going from worst to first. Just so much heart. Everything that Boston went through that year with the Boston Marathon bombing. Um, that, that team just... It really carried that city through a tough time. It really, it really, really did. And uh, but since you went with them, I'm gonna go with the 2007 Red Sox. I love that team. Yeah. It's probably the first championship, uh, Boston championship that I can fully remember. That I can kind of fully appreciate. Just had great players on that team. You had, you had Poppy. You had Manny. Uh, Ellsbury and Pedroia were young what guns a good, what on a that good team. Year, yeah. Kurt Schilling on his way out got another ring. Um, oh, Mike Lowell was on that team. Oh my gosh! Just so so many great guy. players. John Lester's first year on the team, I believe, first or second season. Uh, Josh Beckett. Josh Beckett, absolute yeah. beast. Then he kind of turned into a turd, but <laughs> he was great then. And then you know Tito, Terry Francona managing the team. Got yeah, his, Alex Cora playing second. Yeah, the Alex goat. Cora. I love which, Alex which we'll Cora. have an Alex Cora. Episode. We will have an Alex Cora episode because that man most underrated is manager the goat. In, in the he, he is. Oh my God! There's JD probably, Drew. JD Drew, another great, great player. Um, well, I don't know about great player, but I loved him. A classic guy. I mean, that team was just—they were electric. Papelbon. I mean, Papelbon was one of the best closers, one of the most electric closers time, I've ever yes. seen in my life. You got Kevin Euclid. You got. Oh my God! You, you got, got his stance. Veritek. The Greek god of walks. Oh yeah. Jason Veritek, I swear to God, Jason Veritek was the only player in MLB history to wear a C on his jersey. <laughs> that guy was unreal. Um. And Tim Wakefield was Tim on Wakefield, that team. That's what I was say, yeah. My favorite knuckleballer of all time. Tim Wakefield the, played till what? Like he was ninety, Dickey. maybe. But I, I loved, I loved Tim Wakefield. Was that the year? Correct me if I'm wrong. Might have been later in his career, but he went from being a regular in the starting rotation to a reliever, and then someone got hurt, and they put him back. I think so. And then he figured it out I think again. It could have been that year. It was a great little comeback for yep. him. Great story. I just, I loved that team. What a, really, what a really good, good team. team. Yeah, that's a great team. Julio Luga. I mean, there's just a bunch of guys on this team that y- memories. A Coco Crisp. Oh, like, I love on. Coco Crisp. Come on. The only thing I remember about Coco Crisp is he was one of the first guys I've ever seen charge the mound. He's just a beast yeah. for that. Oh, Such God. a beast for that. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, that's a great pick for for a favorite team. I believe they swept the Rockies in the World Series. Yeah. Def. All right. Um. I, I think that's everything for this episode. Um, if you're listening, please follow us on on Spotify here. Give us a five-star rating if you like us. If you don't, don't rate us. <laughs> um, I'm sure you guys are going to love uh, what we have cooking for you guys. Uh, if you're a Yankees us. fan, don't yeah. leave a review. Yeah, don't, and just swipe off the pod right now. <laughs> um, so, uh, like I was saying, follow us on Instagram at the Tipsy Tailgate. Follow us on YouTube at the Tipsy Tailgate. If you follow us on Instagram, you click the link in our bio. It brings you to everything we've got, including this podcast. Um, we have a podcast out with Lenny Dykstra, MLB legend, another guy who's controversial, controversial, kind of like a Pete Rose in that yep. way. Um, and, and we've got some great stuff coming up, too, in the future. Uh, please check us out um keep following this podcast and that's it for episode two um we'll see you in a couple days maybe see you guys next time see you